0: Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my usual cohorts in crime here with me today. First up, he writes shaman columns, but he also knows a heck of a lot about lore. It would be Joe
1: Perez. Hey, Joe. Well, hi there, everybody. How's it going? It is very warm. Otherwise, okay.
0: Have you gotten a chance to play through Chromie
1: yet? I, yes, and I made a uh, tweet earlier about it because... I have many things at some point to say about that because I think we might have been right about a couple things.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to have to talk about that on another, another show
1: yes. um,
0: because I haven't quite beaten it yet. I was gone for a week. So. <laughs>
1: but, well, it's not, it's not meant to be beaten in one thing. That's the, that's the interesting yeah. thing about it. And I, I love that idea I am, that it's essentially World of Warcraft Groundhog's Day. Love
0: right. It. And I am having a lot of fun with that. And I am at the point where it's like I've gotten the dragon shrines down and now I'm working on the little portal things and there's just all kinds of chaos going on and i'm very happy with it so i was just wondering if you had beaten it or not i haven't beaten it yet i will hopefully before we record the next show i will have it beat um and maybe we can chat about our little bronze friend for yes and timelines because that's always fun uh anyway speaking of fun we've also got our other co-host our other lore focus writer over on blizzard watch with us today
2: and that would be matt rossi hey rossi how's it going uh, I'm good. Um, I haven't even started it yet because we we left town this weekend, and so I've been kind of, I've been doing that. So no I'll, I'll yet. get back to it. This <laughs> no, I, we'll get back to it. I uh, just when when I tried playing Tuesday, it was just not happening. Like uh, the servers were like, no. <laughs> no you don't get to play yeah i so, heard tuesday was a little bit hairy yeah, tuesday was kind of rough so then like wednesday and thursday i had you know there was stuff that needed to be written so i was doing that And i figured you know hey friday we were out of town and then saturday we were out of town and then today i just got back and it's just been froomf, uh, we went, yeah yeah so i <laughs> haven't actually got a chance to do that yet i'm looking forward to it um but mostly because they're not opening LFR for a couple of weeks, like, right? It doesn't, so I'll have time because I'm not going to be doing like uh,
0: time. You made a funny. No, um... yes,
2: <laughs> I didn't make a funny. Trust me. Any any puns or jokes <laughs> I make today are completely they're accurate. just they're purely unintentional. I am basically sitting here going, "Yes, the world exists. I am very uncomfortably warm. Let's just go." Okay. <laughs> good. <laughs> Okay, well, since you mentioned it,
0: what we're going to be talking about this week, we're not addressing reader emails this week. We're going to talk about the Tomb of Sargaris, aka the Temple of Loon, because that is actually opening, uh, for people who are listening to this via Patreon a week early, it's going to be opening on Tuesday on, I believe it's Normal and Heroic, correct? Yeah. And then the week following, when people on the website hear this, it's going to be You'll hear about it the day before LFR launches. LFR and Mythic will be opening the week following the 20th. So the 27th? Yes, Mm -hmm. I can math. Okay. (laughs) But since this is actually... um, It's a pretty important raid. It is not the final raid of the expansion. We thought maybe it was going to be, but it turns out we've got something to contend with on Argus that we don't know about yet. However, the Temple of Loon is a pretty fascinating historical place. The Tomb of Sargeras is a pretty fascinating historical place. It wasn't called the Tomb of Sargeras until one a- showed up and basically buried the avatar of Sargeras there because that seemed to be a good place to put it, I guess. Um, but a lot of the raid bosses and things like that that we are going to see kind of point to maybe different origins of the temple of elune that maybe we haven't considered i don't know um what i do want to talk about though is i kind of want to talk about the history of the temple of elune itself before it became the tomb of sargeras and then what happened with age when she showed up that kind of thing so which one of you wants to tackle the temple of Eloon?
2: Uh what do you mean by tackle it? I don't want
1: to take the building on, it's huge. I know, right? <laughs> it might it might fall over and crumble on us and that's a that's a whole mess.
2: I mean I can give a I can give a broad strokes. Give us the broad history
0: of this building because it's obvious when you go to the broken shore, this was a night elf building. There's like elves all over it, even though it's riddled with fell, you could see there's influences there. Obvious influences. So yeah, um... what's up with that building, Rossi?
2: Well, for starters, I mean, we don't really know the exact origins. The, the Temple of Alun is in is in Suramar. Uh Suramar is one of, for lack of a better word, I want to call them Twin Cities. Uh, there was Suramar, and then basically on the other side, there was Zinashari. They were both on the, they were on opposing sides of the Well of Eternity. And essentially, Zinashari was originally called Alunara, And it was the, uh, it was like the Eye of Alun was the name in, in Elven. And Zin, you know, uh, Suramar was kind of the, it's sort of the mirror of it, sort of its reflection, and that like kind of were sister something cities.: to, Yeah, but the, the religion of the night elves basically told them that Alun descended into the well of eternity every night, I mean every day, and he came up again at night. So the reflection of the city of Alun had a kind of symbolic weight because you would see the reflection of a in the well. like that's part of how their religion developed. So they, the temple was originally built there. I don't actually know how long ago it was built. That's one of those things that they've never really been that specific on. But we know, like, it was very important cult center, even going back to before the Well of Eternity blew up, before the the, the War of the Ancients. Um, if you read the, uh, the the War of the Ancients books, Taronda comes to the, the Temple of the Moon as a as a young woman, and it's already been there for like thousands of years. There, it's very strong. Um, there's already like a very well developed priesthood there. It's a big deal, even back then. And as a result, when the, the demons were finally pouring out of the of the well when they were coming through the portals, um, the the priesthood stood against them. I mean, which is not tremendously surprising. I mean, you don't really want a bunch of demons running loose. The only reason that Ashara did was that she was kind of insane. Um, although it's debatable whether you can argue. That, that she was insane, or it's just that full of herself. But uh, High Priestess Dijana, who was the High Priestess at the time, basically made it, for, for lack of a better word, I'm going to call it common cause. It might have been an alliance. I don't know how you want to put it. But she basically said, you know, realized that Cortalus Ravencrest was the only one who was really fighting to preserve their people. Like the, the, uh, the Highborn were not doing anything, as far as she could tell. So she and the Temple of alun essentially allied with with the the Night Elf, the Calderai Resistance, and were helping fight the Legion. So as a result, when um, Ashara basically... I don't, know, I don't know if the word's punished. I don't know how you describe it, but she I essentially... Think
1: punishment is accurate.
2: She basically gave the temple over to the demons, and the demons were using it to try and create a second portal. They were going to make another portal to basically flood the world with demons. Uh, they already had the one portal open. They were going to open another one. Uh, as a result uh, high priestess not high priest high, grand majestrs uh, Ellis Ellisand who at the time actually reported straight to ashara she was ashara's chief relic finder um she decided no I am done I am not helping you anymore and uh, she took one of the relics the uh the eye of Amunthul, and used it to essentially stop the demons in the, in the temple she shut them down we don't know exactly what she did but she stopped them cold. And as a result, when the, the main portal got destabilized by Malfurion and when the uh, Sundering happened, uh, they, they protected Suramar, but they didn't protect the temple. They, the bubble they, they created didn't include the temple. The temple and all – that's right, the Broken Shore today is where the temple of Elune slash uh, Tomb of Sargeras is. It's because they didn't include it in the bubble because it was full of demons. And so it got sunk right to the bottom. Like when the when the sundering happened and everything collapsed, the temple got pulled down with it. But that wasn't the end for the temple. That was just a temporary merely reprieve. a setback. It was for you know it was it looked like good news for everybody else involved. It's like you know that place full of demons that we used a uh, magical artifact to stop from destroying our world got got sunk under the water. Nobody was crying over it. Um, and I'm not, I don't know exactly how Egwene knew about it. Like, that's something I don't really know. I have really some know. interesting ideas, but we'll get to those later. <laughs> should, should I just – you want to take over here? Because you just, you know um, – do you want me to keep going or Joe or – I was Joe... just going to
1: add in, like, this is one of the – this was always one of the more fascinating things to me is not that necessarily that they try to open a portal – uh, they did open a portal in the temple at some point during the during this battle, and that portal had to be shut down. So it makes you wonder because if a portal was opened up at the the Well of Eternity, and it needed that much arcane power essentially to fuel it to get the demons through, and they were able to open up a portal here, what kind of power is just nascent to this area? Like what what is this thing sitting on top of? And it could be could have something to do with uh you know. Any number of things, but it makes me curious as to what the real nature of of that sort of that, that moon pool was. We're still so 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 going,
0: going to talk about this later. <laughs> uh, okay, so obviously Temple went to the bottom of the ocean. Suramar was okay. Temple was not. That's okay. There were a lot of demons in it. They presumably all drowned or got sucked back into wherever they came from when the Well of Eternity did its little implosion deal at the end of the War of the Ancients. Um, 10,000 years, well not 10,000 years, not quite 10,000 years later, several thousand years later is when the temple was revisited and when it earned its current name and that was because of one person that was agewin Aidwin was the first, well, she wasn't the first Guardian. She was one of, the, one of the Guardians of Azeroth. She was kind of charged with protecting the world from the Burning Legion and all of that. And one day she got, she kind of noticed that something was going on up in Northern. So she traveled up to Northern to find out what was going on exactly. And it, well...
1: Well, and that was the interesting thing because it was, it was born of, of also like a little bit of pride too, where she believed that she was the match for essentially what was a god. Uh, right. Striding, striding Azeroth. Uh, so she battled the demon lord uh, and she, quote unquote, killed the physical shell. Um, and it was interesting because she we. what do we know about demons is that they they don't necessarily die. But do we know if she knew that? But she had a fear uh, that. The essence of Sargeras was going to linger on, and so to keep that from happening, she wanted to lock the ruined husk of his body, uh, which in, within this 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 ancient hall, this thing that had been raised from the bottom of the sea by by uh, you know fell arcane energies, uh, and then she not only did that, but she added her own sort of fail-safes to what was already built in by the ancient night elves, uh, by the ancient you know, priestess of Elune uh, to contain the fell. Uh, now she was absolutely right that Sargeras' sp- spirit would linger on. Just she wasn't correct in how it would, uh, considering during the the entire point of that battle or the, at the end of that battle, he managed to project some of himself into her.
2: Yeah. And there's actually, uh, can I mention something? Cause this is always yeah, kind of bothered me. Sure. Um, when you, you guys listen to the radio play, right? Yes. Did anyone else think the radio play was hinting that she found the temple because someone wanted her to?
0: Maybe.
2: Yeah, okay, I just want to throw that out there.
0: You want to go into there's... that a little bit further because that's fascinating. Okay.
2: When when you if you listen to the radio play, the radio play talks about the fight Joe was just mentioning. And it talks about it briefly. What happens is is that you know Gul'dan was sent to Azeroth. And I'm not going to get into the whole it was the second Gul'dan thing. You guys know this by now, and if you don't, it was the second Gul'dan. Uh, second Gul'dan was sent to the to, to the uh, the tomb.
0: Gul'dan 2.0. And
2: when he got there, he found these already like the things Joe just mentioned, the arcane wards that were locked in place, and he would began trying to undo them, you know, because they were in the way um, for what he was sent there to do. Uh, then, um cadgar and i can't stop calling him Dadgar, and it's the father's Day. So it's really hard um cadgar shows up and one thing cadgar immediately noticed was that this wasn't any arcane wards these arcane wards were sealed to the guardian's power right but some of them didn't seem like they were wards at all and he was very confused as to what they were there for or what they were doing and there's an implication there that some of the stuff was set up obviously it's like somebody was working to lock this place down even more. Like it was there were original wards that go that were there way before the Guardian showed up. There were like Arcane Wards to lock the place down from way further back. And then there were the new wards from the Guardian. But some of the things that had Guardian power on them weren't right and he didn't understand what they were for, or what they were doing. And then there's a fight between him and Goldon, and Goldon. you know, the portal we currently have blazing over the, the, the Broken Shore is the result of this fight. It's the result of Goldon mm-hmm. winning this fight. But that took place inside the temple, in, inside the tomb of Sargeras. Um, we don't know exactly where that took place yet. I mean, because... Somewhere it's deep not, within.
0: Well,
2: yeah. Which, I mean, I think we're going to see that during the raid. It's very likely we're going to actually get to the place where that was done. Um, certainly we're going to there's going to be some stuff going on that we've never seen before in that place.
1: Uh. What I find interesting though, on that, that, that sort of thought process that you have there is we don't know the time on those words either, because one of the things that happened when Sargeras uh, inserted himself into age soul, essentially uh, is that he started twisting her thoughts and started influencing her. So she could have come back multiple times because there was a long stretch of time where she just sort of disappeared. You know she she wasn't, and we've seen this with Medivh as well later on. But like she could have gone back any number of times and have been putting more in place, but not necessarily understanding what she's doing.
0: Either that, or maybe she didn't realize. Well, obviously she didn't realize what was going on as far as like that remnant of Sargeras that was inside of her. And mm-hmm. it could be that as she was doing what she thought was a good job putting those wards in place, Sargeras was kind of su- subtly influencing her to add a little bit of bonus material in there for who knows what reason.
1: Now, there's another plus- thing that... Sorry, go ahead.
2: No, oh, Just plus there's also the fact that she chose this place, which already had a demon portal built into it
1: once by the Legion. Do you
2: think that he sent her there? That's what I'm thinking. See, On because- purpose? I'm really why, confused how why that would,
1: where that influence would come from first, though.
2: No, but that's the thing. If he's he, he she kills him, he enters her. Now he's inside her. She needs to find a place to hide the body. There are so many places in Azeroth she could have stuck that thing. War. Yeah. So many where she could have just taken that thing and stuck it, and mm. we might never have heard of it again. She takes it to the one place left on Azeroth, that had a giant portal to summon demons? Do you yeah. see where I'm going with these But like,
1: I mean, the, but the, and then, but then, that comes into the whole speculation of how quickly would his influence be exerted to? Like, was it immediate? Was it something where well, you considering know, it was the last gas? Though-
0: considering that he was planning this from the get-go, like, this was his game plan. He wanted to do... Th- he wanted her to kill him, essentially. He wanted to inhabit her. He wanted to well, basically the reason- possess the powers of the Guardian himself. And he it even not-
1: said but the reason I question that is, is like if we go back to Chronicle where we talk about the death of the Titans mm-hmm. and how they slammed into their watchers, how quickly was that essence or that that knowledge uh, brought up to them? Right. Like how, how like we know but that that, there was...
2: that wasn't the same, though. That was a a the full force of a Titan entering a being. Sure. That was anyway, this isn't that. And if you think about it, it even says when you're reading Chronicle, he talks about how he couldn't seduce her. And he couldn't, like, you know, he knew he didn't have time to seduce her to his side or to beat her into submission, which is why he wanted to to move into medieval. which means he had to make an attempt.
1: Do you know what I'm which, saying? Which could have been conversation or whatever during the battle as well, or it could have been something beforehand. Sure.
2: Just otherwise, it's... there's no reason. There's, there's an entire world full of places to stick a a, a giant monster body. The, the, <laughs> idea that, the idea that she just randomly picked the one place on Azeroth that had a fully functioning demon portal ritual se- sealed into it. Do-, do you know what I'm saying? It's like I, I, well, I just feel it's like, a little too like it's, there's another,
1: there's also another thing too, that a lot of people, I I, I don't want to say forget, but Gul'dan 1.0, uh, when he originally got to the Tomb of Sergaris, and I understand that stuff has been retconned a little bit, but what, that was one of the coolest things of Warcraft 3, the Frozen Throne way back in the day that I loved. I loved the scene of going to, you know, the, the tomb of Sargeras going to that area, going to, to, to see that is he chronicled things in not fell runes, but blood runes uh, that Maeve says that he chronicled his journey. What if he didn't, what if he was instructed on how to warp or begin to warp what was already there without realizing that's what it was. Cause don't forget he was manipulated the entire way. What if Kil'jaeden said, Hey, you know, you could, uh, you could go ahead and do this. And that'll help you get through these ruins and this will help you, you know, gather that power. But really it's warping those wards that are in place, maybe to loosen up the locks on the portal instead, instead of him being able to just claim the power of Sargeras's dead body. Like, so is the deceiver. He is the deceiver. And at that point, like I said, he had to know that Gul'dan, what he was planning to do. And these runes are literally everywhere. Like, and it's played out through a flashback and everything else, but it's one of those things that never gets talked about again. So I'm wondering, are those runes still there? Did they do their job? Did they transform? Did they seep in to what was supposed to be there? Because, like, Gul'dan 2.0 understands that he's been there. But you, you, you would imagine that if he's going through the same path that Gul'dan 1.0 went, he would have noticed his handwriting on the walls. He didn't. It was never mentioned. So I'm curious.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know, I still, I'm still suspicious of why she picked that building. Oh, I'm like absolutely
1: there, suspicious of it too. But I mean, no. it's kind there's of a f-
2: convenient choice. Keep in mind, she had to pick it up out of the bottom of the sea. It was on the, it was on the ocean floor. She had to use her power to raise it. Like, uh, I don't
1: think it actually says that she raised no, it. I believe she just stuffed it down there because there's nothing that says that. And I, I mean, pretty sure the
2: chronicle of, says it. I don't it think says she, straight up she, she used her power to pick it up out of the water, and then she put it back down when she was done.
1: I don't remember reading that.
2: I do, but I might be wrong. I'm going to go look it up.
0: (laughs) Well, you can look it up. And while you're looking it up, I'll go on and talk a little bit more about this. Because obviously, the Avatar... Yeah, lots more
2: to do. Huh? I said, um, yeah, obviously lots more to do. You should go. Go. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, we got the Avatar of Sargeras locked away in this tomb. And um, somewhere along the line, Medivh makes contact with the orcs in or on Draenor, pulls them into Azeroth. Gul'dan was the one that basically got a deal. He got cut a deal. He was told that, you know, if he brought the orcs in, they conquered Stormwind, conquered humanity, all that other stuff, Gul'dan would get an item of immeasurable power, and he was really excited about that prospect, because that's all Gul'dan really wants in life, is just more power. Um, I should say in death, because he's dead now. Twice. Uh, so, uh, Gul'dan wanted that thing and he was willing to play the game that Sargeras had kind of given him where he's you know kind of puppeteering the whole horde and leading them against humanity however there was a moment where Khadgar and Lothar discovered that Medivh wasn't quite what he was supposed to be that he was something else because obviously when Age one had her kid she passed that essence of Sargeras into the kid and that was Medivh that was how Medivh came to be when Medivh came into his power he was knocked into a coma and woke up and wasn't quite in control of himself because that coma gave Sargeras plenty of time to just sort of seep in and start influencing him so Medivh wasn't really he wasn't working with Sargeras it was just Sargeras was kind of he was a vessel he was kind of yeah it, it was like uh I don't know. I want to say a mech, and that's not right at all. <laughs> but I do. It's like the medieval mech. Sargeras is just steering it around, casting spells, getting things done. Um, and then every once in a while, Medivh would kind of snap out of it and go, hey, what am I doing? Oh, yeah, I'm doing this other thing over here. But it was this really back and forth. He was almost kind of mad. He appeared mad a little bit. Um, those that knew him, when Lothar, Cadgar, even Garona to a degree, they knew the real him. What they didn't know was that he had this kind of dark secret that was going on. And once that secret was discovered, they realized, oh gosh, we got to, we got to take care of him. They confronted Medivh and Karazhan. They killed Medivh. And when they killed him, they also ended that whole spirit of the avatar, of Sar- or spirit of Sargeras that was in Medivh. It was just gone. However, on top of all of this, while this fight was going on, Gul'dan's out here at a distance, and he senses that something is going wrong. And he senses that, Perhaps he might not get that really powerful goody that he was promised after all. So what he did was he kind of reached out to try and pry that secret from Medivh's mind before anything bad would happen. And Goldan was kind of poking around in there when Medivh literally lost his head and when Lothar cut it off. The backlash from that threw Goldan into a coma. And when he woke up, the Shadow Council was no more. And he was in disgrace. And Orgrim Doomhammer was knocking at his door and asking him, you know, saying, Tell me why I shouldn't kill you right now which is when Gul'dan just sort of, you know, did the
2: casual shrug, Hey, Death Knights. How about that? <laughs> um, would you like an army of undead warriors? I can do that. <laughs> no. Orgrim's just like, I'm listening. Okay,
0: go on. But while all of this is going on during the Second War, he's playing nice with Orgrim Doomhammer, and he's playing nice and biding his time because he wants to get back to that thing that he was promised. They get close enough to it. They get to Lordaeron. They fight their way successfully all through the Eastern Kingdoms up to Lordaeron. And when they cross the border into Lordaeron, Gul'dan says, ah, there's the shore. And if I cross that shore, I'm going to hit the Broken Eye. I'm going to hit where the Tomb of Sargeras, where that thing is hidden. So uh, see ya. And he left. He took all of his followers with him and he deserted the Horde. And he left them there. And that's why the Horde lost the Second War. Because all of these spellcasters, all of these really mm-hmm. powerful allies that Goldan had brought with him were suddenly no longer there. So it, it was, was just, the.
1: It was what? The Storm Reavers and the Twilight Hammers? The
0: Storm Reavers, the Twilight's Hammer. Basically, all of their big power players just up and left. And Orgrim was left with nothing and had to beat a hasty retreat all the way back to Blackrock, where he was eventually defeated. Um,
2: anyway. Although to be fair, part of the reason that, that happened was because he sent his dragons to go kill Goldon's followers. Yes, because he was and real mad. <laughs> he's like, if I have to lose, fine, but you know what? Go kill those people and go <laughs> get rid of those guys, traitors. And he, and
1: he sent, he sent Rendon Meme too to go do it. Which, yeah. I mean, they were no slouches in a fight.
0: No, they're so not. Were only are
1: sending your dragons, but you're sending the Black Hand twins basically to to go yep. handle this thing.
0: <laughs> Wonder Twin powers, Myrtleate. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, did
2: want, I found one thing here. I was looking when I was looking stuff up. Yes. Uh, it doesn't actually say whether or not Egwin lifted the temple or went down there herself. But this is interesting. One of the things she did was was ward the tombs so that no Azerothian could enter it.
1: Yeah, yep. and I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up, which is why that was the whole thing with why Gul'dan was so important to Medivh, essentially.
0: Because he was an orc from Draenor, which meant that he could get in that
1: place. He was exempt from the runes. Yep.
0: Yeah and Gul'dan traveled to where the Tomb of Sarger well, to where the Temple of a loon used to be, now the Tomb of Sargeras, raised it out of the water and trucked on inside to go get his goodie and he found a load of angry demons waiting for him that promptly ate his face and left behind the skull of Gul'dan, which is an entirely different story um, but at that point Tomb of Sargeras, up out of the water it's just out there and nobody's doing anything with it. Nobody's doing anything at all with it until years later, Illidan shows up. And, well, it wasn't years later. It was, yeah, it was a couple years It was the third war. It was the third war. It was going from like the second war to later? the third war. About a decade. About ten years? Yeah, but about ten is,
1: years. The Illidan thing is why I think that the runes were, were altered by Gul'dan 1.0.
2: Okay.
1: Because Illidan's a race of Azeroth, yet he was able to walk inside of the tomb.
2: Well, for that matter, the uh, the wardens go in the tomb too.
1: They okay, do. But was as well. that
0: before or after Illidan consumed the skull of Gul'dan?
1: It doesn't matter. He's still an Azerothian. Like, uh, he, well, an Azerothian. sure.
2: After he consumed the yep.
1: skull of Gul'dan, Ma- he was all. Well, I would. I would argue. I would argue. Maiev wasn't demony.
0: Maiev was not.
2: Yeah, you're correct. And yep.
1: she was absolutely inside with with several Watchers.
2: Yeah, okay. but we could. It could very well be ne- 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 not necessarily that he altered them so much as he just flat out broke them. Because also possible. You know, the wards still kept an Azerothian out might have still, you know, he he wasn't subtle. No. Gul'dan wasn't the kind of guy that we saw something magical. He'd be like, hmm, I should study this I carefully. should treat
0: this with care. No, he yeah. he wants to bust it open and see what makes it tick.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, which is also interesting, because that that is a departure from the original portrayal of him, which I always found interesting as well, because he was always worried about drawing attention to himself. Not necessarily subtly handling magic, but he didn't want his, his machinations known. And Yeah, so, but like, when
2: he's at the temple, that's no longer the case. I mean, he just picked up the uh, Storm Reavers and the and the th- Twilight Hammer, and took off, he's past the point of not drawing attention to
1: himself. In that regard, yes, but he, was, he made it a point when he was on the island to tell them to be careful and not, you know, be careful of what, whatever we're waking up or try not to, like, wake anything up, which, you know, backfired. But still... <laughs> I
2: don't know, I, I
1: feel like we're definitely in
2: an Alia yachta Est period here. Once you've committed to getting in the tomb, he even says, make haste. Like, we, we are in a hurry now. This is, we have to get in, get the power, or we're going to be destroyed. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what there Orgrim There is a countdown
0: timer. It has started, and we've only got so yeah. long before. Um, I mean,
2: it's, it's actually interesting, too, because um, not to, I don't want to talk too much about things that don't have anything to do with the temple, but the after effect, there's, they went after that skull immediately. Like, the Horde of Draenor went after Goldon's skull instantly. They knew it was powerful. And they, they broke into the, te- the, the temple, so it might have been them that screwed up the wards because they, it they, they be. went in. It, it was uh, good old Terran Gorfiend himself. I don't think he's actually the one that went, but he sent... Uh, Rag,
1: uh, Ragnok Blood Reaver. Wasn't was Fenris,
2: the was it Fenris Wolf Brother there too?
1: And Tagar Spinebreaker. Tegar Spinebreaker,
2: I guess Spinebreaker yeah. So but they were they, going
1: for the, the skull. They were going for the, uh, the scepter, weren't and, they?
2: And the skull. No, they wanted both. I thought it was
1: the Eye of Sargeras and the scepter no, that they wanted.
2: No, the eye was already gone. No no they left the eye they just plain left the eye cuz they, they went there before Ilidan they were well before they Illidan. Went they Oh there no I remember because
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Nerzul needed things to open Rag. portals on his world and where better yes. to get things to open portals than this tomb where hello demonic portal to wherever had already been opened
1: so, yeah, and, yeah and, I, it, and I remember Ragnarok wanted the eye because that's what he was originally sent for. But Fenris right. uh, decided that no, I'm not doing this. We're not going in there. And so they never wound up actually doing it. Okay,
2: yeah, now, they got they, they wanted the skull. I mean, you know, I don't know if Nerzul just wanted it to look at it funny or to, to to berate it or what, but he wanted it. And he also wanted they ended up getting the jeweled scepter of Sargeras, which they were sent to get. It wasn't just a there wasn't an oops. No, because if you if you look at that, that's a, the jeweled scepter of Sargeras is one of the warlock things, isn't it? The scepter of Sargeras. I believe it's, so. And its uh, its power is the ability to rip portals into the world. Yeah. Like so, that's one of the reasons they wanted it because if you want to make a whole bunch of portals, get the thing that makes portals.
0: He he needed so. that. He needed the book of Medivh because Medivh was also apparently pretty adept at opening portals. After all, he'd made the dark portal. Um. The Skull of Gul'dan may have been tied to that, too, because Gul'dan was the one who opened the portal on Draenor's side. So everything that Ner'zhul was sending these guys for was pretty much directly related to opening portals. That's what he was after. That was endgame on Draenor. That was what ended up tearing Draenor apart. But moving on, let's move forward a little bit more, the whole 10-year period or whatever. Uh, Rossi, do you want to talk about Illidan when he came back and why he came back?
2: Um, to make a long story short Illidan basically was 10,000 years ago Illidan had run into Sargeras when he was coming trying to invade during the original War of the Ancients Sargeras is the one that turned Illidan into more or less a demon hunter uh, demon hunters are more like kind of a copy of what Sargeras did to But Sargeras burned out Illidan's eyes replaced them with fell fire inscribed his skin with magic let and, Illidan
0: see everything yeah
2: and in, in the process is where Ilidan first realized oh we're boned we are utterly boned we cannot win like that if we defeated every single demon coming through right now they have way more of them it this doesn't even matter there's an yeah. endless supply and and these demons can come back too so we're even more boned i i need to move this battle laterally and that's one of the reasons he tried to preserve arcane magic, which is one of the reasons he got banished for 10,000 years in a prison underneath the uh, Barrowdens. When he got out, he was kind of crazy, but at the same time he still had his plan. His plan was still foremost in his mind. When he went to Felwood, uh, he and Arthas ran into each other, and Arthas was like, you like demon power? Uh, there's a big skull over there, and if you were to eat it, you might be powerful enough to kill Uh Illidan was like, I don't trust you at all, but I do like power. So I'm going to go get that power. And he did. He went and we don't know how the skull of Gul'dan was last seen in Ner'zhul's hand on top of what was basically the Black Temple when he was using it to open portals. And he ran through one of those portals still holding the thing. So from the point in time where where Ner'zhul had the skull in his hand to when it showed up in Felwood, we don't know why it.
1: How, how it got assume, I have a theory about that one. Actually, I'm going to
0: assume that when Kill Jaden put Ner'zhul through the figurative yeah. blender, he took it from him, handed it off to Tychondrius or one of the other Dreadlords, and said, well, "Here, uh, use but, this." Hold on but, a second, because
1: well, I think you're. That's what I was going to go with it because I think that's kind of important. Yeah. Because Illidan was being sent to go retrieve the eye to go destroy the uh the frozen, the frozen throne, throne. Yeah, let, and i'm sure this was part of a failsafe that kill jaden had in place
2: yeah the eye thing let's 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 get this part done first though because the skull got huge like it was very big when when illidan found it it wasn't it wasn't normal skull size anymore and it was being used to basically just corrupt the heck out of fellwood if you ever wonder why fellwood looks like that it's That's because why. yeah, the skull of Gul'dan was doing it. Uh it had gone from a normal orc sized skull to the size of it was as big as a demon and it was just corrupting everything around it. Illidan fought his way to it. Um he drained it of all of its power. And when he did, he turned into the, the lovable batwinged Illidan we all know and love today. Uh th- you know, the one that makes Naru swoon and is otherwise just ridiculously powerful. He went and toe toe with Tychondrius and beat him. Which, you know, not Not many people can just go hand to hand with a with a dreadlord and just walk out of it. Yeah, so he and Arthas then had another little showdown. But Arthas was like, "Hey, I got no. If you want to give the Legion grief, that is a okay with us." And Illidan was like, "Us?" And Arthas was like, "I meant me. I certainly didn't mean an undead orc up north giving me orders, because that would be crazy. You just keep doing what you're doing." So Illidan after. After this, you know, basically ended up heading out to Outland to escape the Legion because, well, he'd, he'd annoyed them. And essentially he gets given an order. Like Jaden comes to find him and says, look, I don't like you. And I really don't like the way you screwed up our invasion of Azeroth. But I don't like the guy that told you to do that even more. So here's the deal. I will give you all the power you want. One last chance. Yeah. You get one more chance, demon buddy. Yeah. and. And here's the deal. You go and take care of him for me so I don't have to sully my hands with it. And I will, you know, we know all sorts of things. You lo- you're you curious about demons and magic and so forth. I've got all the power in the world. I can show you all sorts of things. It's literally like the scene of Aladdin where it's like I can show you the world except it's Kill Jane and Illidan on the carpet. Um, and if I, you want read th- that. I
1: want that as a picture of Patreons. If you're listening, <laughs> let, let's do this.
2: But if you if you read the, the Illidan book, in all sincerity, this is a really complicated back-and-forth game between these two. At this point, if you read the book, when, when, when Kil'jaeden is making this deal, Arthur, you know, Illidan knows that Kil'jaeden is lying right to his face. And and Kil'jaeden knows that Illidan is lying back. And the game is, how many layers of lies can they maintain? And and the best part is that Illidan never actually directly lies because you he don't tells him exactly li- what he needs to know and nothing more. Yeah. You don't directly lie to kill Jaden. Kill Jaden is going to see that coming. This this is a guy who is an expert at being lied to. He's the deceiver. Yeah, you don't you don't try and one up him. So Illidan it, it's a very back and forth. Illidan decides if if I'm going to try and save my planet, I have to do exactly what this maniac wants. So he goes where is he going to go? Where is he going to find something powerful enough to destroy the Lich King? And this is where I think what Joe is talking about comes in, because he just happens to know about the Tomb of Sargeras. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, the Tomb of Sargeras, he wasn't involved in any of that back in the day. He certainly wasn't around for Aegwynn putting Sargeras in it. But even when the demons were first using it, he was not – those were not events he was privy to. He was busy dealing with like the other – on the other end of the the continent with the main war. He was – not there for any of this, and yet he knows all about it. He goes right to it, he goes right in, and he goes much. He's being chased by the wardens, and he has Naga allies that he's using at this time. Uh, the Naga allies are fighting the wardens. The wardens, as we've seen from you know doing Legion, the wardens had a presence on the Broken Isles, so they kind of it's not surprising they knew about the tomb, or at least the, its rough location. But what's surprising is he gets right in there way before they can. They, he, they're they not even close to beating him to it. He finds the eye, and he immediately knows how to use it. Like, just boom. He, he gets there, and he's like, yeah, I have the eye of Sargeras, and now I'm going to use it. And he teleports out of the tomb with it, and he leaves the wardens to die. The only reason that any of them get out, Maev gets out, and she, the only reason she gets out is she literally shadow steps just as it's collapsing. The place is falling down around them. So she leaves like many of her fellow wardens to die, like on their insistence. I think Nysha in particular, Nysha's yes. like, you have to go. You can't stay with us. And she's like, I can't leave you. And he's like, you have to. You have to go. You have to catch him. And that's one of the reasons that Maya became crackers later. But Illidan got in, got the eye of Sargeras and left. The demons that ate Gul'dan were nowhere to be seen. Like, And we know this because as she's going through the temple, Mayev is, is finding those blood runes that, that Joe mentioned, and she's effectively reliving his journey down mm-hmm. into the, temp- the tomb. And so when he gets eaten by demons, he apparently, after this was happening, he wrote a little rune to, to tell everyone this is the part where demons ate me, because th- she finds it like you know, and, and sees his destruction. Um, it's a little no
0: known prob- rune. It just reads, yeah. well, wow.
1: What's interesting, Ah! too, about that, though, (laughs) what's interesting about that, too, is, like, going back to just the second war and going back to Terran Gorfine and and Ragnar Blood Reaver, when he was sent to go get the jewel scepter of Sigur they didn't just walk in and take it. They did have to fight a demon that had it. We don't know what else they fought in between then and there. Like, that's never really been discussed. It's entirely possible that there might not have been any demons left. Or... They could have been sort of moving to the wayside upon the command of of a higher power that says, yeah, let them take the eye. We got work to do. Like, it's it's interesting because it could go either way.
0: Okay, so that's big, long history of the Tomb of Sargeras. And obviously the last time we saw it was when Illidan took the eye and left and we hadn't really been back since it's just been out there in the water until Legion and and Legion in the audio drama Gul'dan revisits and he opens that demonic portal and now we're dealing with the aftermath of that um, we're going to be going into the tomb of Sargeras and there's a bunch of bosses in the tomb have you guys seen the boss previews for these?
1: Yes. Yeah, I have. Okay. Uh,
0: For people who are going into the Tomb of Sargeras for the first time and you don't want to be spoiled, maybe you want to turn the podcast off now and come back after you've visited all of the delights that the place has to offer. Um, For people who don't care about spoilers, hey, keep listening. We're going to talk about everything that's in there. Um, As far as the bosses go, the bosses that are located in the tomb, there's several of them. Some of them seem to be more important than others. Obviously, we're going to have to deal with the fallen Avatar. It's there. It's there, and we're going to have to fight it. But before that, there's a few other things, little things that are kind of locked away, that are interesting to me. Particularly, did you guys see the Desolate Host?
1: Yes, that was interesting.
0: Okay, so the Desolate Host... The Dungeon Journal entry says that once this was a sacred burial site for the Night Elves, the to- the Temple of Loon, we're assuming. And it says, but the Legion has twisted these grounds with the engine of souls. This foul machine draws upon the energy of the dead, twisting them into abominations. Due to this corruption, these tormented spirits have become monstrosities looking to feed on any who d- descend into the tomb's depths.
1: It- I mean... It- It's not the first time we've seen that, really.
0: No, it's not the first time that we've seen that, and it looks very similar to what we saw up in Ice Crown, is the thing.
2: It also looks very similar to what we saw in the Black Temple. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say in the Black Temple as well as the well reliquary
2: as... of souls. Yeah. Well plus Velen even says when when you're uh doing the broken shore, one of the things Velen says is this is the remains of a soul engine, and the poor tormented sp- spirits that wander it are the half consumed souls of those that were powering it. Because we know fell energy, fell magic is created by the utter annihilation of light and void. When light and void First, collided in the Twisting Nether. That's what made fell energy come to be. And you can generate fell energy by destroying souls slowly. Like, that's how fell energy inherently is, is it's not just death. It doesn't just about killing you. It's worse, because that's necromancy. Necromancy is about death. This is about the utter annihilation of souls, and that's what their power source is. So, I'm, I really am interested in this one just to see how much it throws light into what Illidan did. Because I get the sense that Illidan in the Reliquary of Souls, you remember that part in the book where, where Illidan going back to the Illidan novel where Illidan is generating, is like basically mm-hmm. goes to goes to Down and collects a whole bunch of Draenei souls, yep. yes, to help jumpstart his portal. I think that's what the Reliquary of Souls is supposed to be,
1: like the remnants of that.
2: Yeah, and I think that this Which is basically sense. this is basically the worst part, and you. I mentioned her before, but, oh, I find this part really horrible. Who's, who's in this?
0: Yeah, that was my next point to make. Part of this, this whole engine of souls is the remains. It, she's called Soul Queen Dehana, but it's basically the remains of High Priestess Dehanna. Um, what's left of her. And she was the one who was the High Priestess of Aluna at the Temple of Elune. She's the one who named Tyrande her successor. She's head honcho. She was head honcho during the War of the Ancients, and she's been corrupted and twisted. She was buried here, and she's been corrupted and twisted, and we have
2: to fight her spirit, which is
0: kind of depressing in a way, a little bit, just a little.
2: Um, oh Yeah, it's, it's pretty horrible. I find re- what I find really horrible about this, although fascinating too, is that it kind of implies something for what's going on in the tomb. Because what's there's another boss called the Maiden of Vigilance. Yeah, that's, yeah, I was going to bring get, her up too. We're yeah. going
0: to get we're going to get farther into that. Um, obviously, there are Sisters of the Moon in there. The Sisters of the Moon—they were wardens for the temple long before the Avatar of Sargeras was buried beneath it. But even in death, they've. Maintained their vigil over the millennia. Something twisted their ability to distinguish friend from foe. Basically, they were guardians. They've been corrupted. They think we're bad guys, so we have to fight them and put them down. Um, that one, there's not really... I, I None of these names seem to be like particularly relevant, necessarily. It's Huntress Kasparian, Captain Yathe Moonstrike, and Priestess Lunaspire. And, and I don't think any of them were mentioned in the... No. the ancients' novels. No. I think these are no. all new people. There are Naga down there. Um, the Naga are not there as part of the Legion. Uh, one of them, Mistress sazine actually says in the encounter, she says, these fools bring the Tidestone to us just as our Blessed Queen foresaw it. So we've got a hint at as, Ashara as here. Ashara as obviously doesn't make an appearance in there. But the two that I really do want to talk about here are the fallen avatar itself because it's 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 the fallen avatar of Sargeras. It's been imprisoned in here, and we have to fight it. And then the thing that is guarding it, and you guys made reference to it, the Maiden of Vigilance. And the Maiden of Vigilance, her Dungeon Journal entry reads, Charged by Aetwin to defend the Tomb of Sargeras, the Maiden of Vigilance has stood watch for hundreds of years. Yet the Guardian did not foresee what effect the avatar's seeping fell energy would have on this Titan construct. Slowly warped by this Maleficence, the Maiden now seeks to destroy any inner path here's what guardian i want to know see
1: or the guardian knew
0: <laughs> huh
1: so the guardian didn't see or the guardian was deceived maybe one?
0: either or but here's what i want to know and i'm going to pose this question to the both of you where did age one find the maiden of vigilance
1: where did her son find the maiden of virtue yep like that's another question i was going to bring that up too because it's the same it- it's the third time really we've seen this type of maiden right yeah like, right, you yeah. We
2: saw one at the halls of stone. Yes. Now we see. I we, we keep in mind, well, fourth time
1: the, actually, right? Because Alderman.
2: Uh, well, Alduar too, for that matter. I mean, you know, uh, Araya in Alduar. Yes. In so these. Is,
1: so these seem to be a common construct. This. Uh, these uh, are these are
2: keepers. They're not keepers. They're, they're not watchers, but they're keepers, um, and that means something very interesting that we don't know yet. Like we don't know why the maiden of vigilance, the maiden of virtue, why are they. Why are they working for Guardians? What? What? When did that happen?
0: Okay, so this is where I pop in a picture of the interior of the tomb into Skype. And I will probably use this as the header image. But I want you guys to take a real good look at that and tell me what you see. Oh. It is the interior of the Temple of Elune slash Tomb of Sargeras. There are four stained glass window panes. Each pane the depicts... Stained
1: glass, Yeah which one is one of the pillars here. Right? No,
0: no the, it's it depicts night elves holding the Pillars of Creation. And what do those look like? Where have the, we seen stained glass like that before? They,
2: they look like the ones in Alduar. Alduar,
1: like, yeah.
2: The, the ones with the weird um, mermaids and stuff on them. The ones in the Titan facility. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, like I said, it even, like, it we, even
2: looks like the face, uh, you have kind of like what looks like almost a, a, the middle part there. Mm-hmm. With like the, the lines going through it looks an awful lot like the part when you just get past the uh, the door that's a face and you're running in. Yeah. Yes. Looks like that chamber with one of the if one of the windows was broken and you could go through it, that's what it looks like.
0: Why Which, would again, a knife, makes sense. Ni- okay. Why would a night elf temple have stained glass that looks like the same stained glass we saw in a Titan facility?
1: Because it is a Titan facility. Like I said, way at the beginning of our, our call, at the, the beginning of the, the recording here, the beginning of the podcast, they were able to use a massive source of power to generate a demonic portal. What generates massive amounts of power? Titan engines sure as heck do. Well,
2: plus, we, we, know, we know that the uh, Night Elves found the Well of Eternity and were changed by it. They were we the Dark that- Trolls at that point. We know that the Night Elves were finding Titan relics because that's where the Eye of Amon and the mm-hmm. others. That's what Elisan was doing. That was her job for, for, for uh, Ashara. Go find me these Titan relics. And she did. She found the Eye of Amon Thule. So was, here's, that was... my,
0: here's my question and the one that I said we were going to get to the point to eventually. Did the Night Elves choose to build the Temple of Alun in that place because it was next to the Well of Eternity? Or did they choose to build it in that particular spot because that's where they found these artifacts? Because they found a place of immense power and said, Alun must have made
1: this. Or what if Alun told them to build it there?
2: Actually, we're kind of assuming they built it. Yeah. Aren't they true? We know that they found the Well of Eternity. The mm-hmm. we, we know that the Well of Eternity was built, in fact, by the Titans.
0: And there were wards placed it. on it to yeah. stabilize it, yes.
2: Yeah, and it was, we know how they build things. They don't just build things, like, they, they build big installations to run them. We have the one that's in the south, the the, the, the uh, Engine of Nalakshah. I mean, we've got the one in the north, the Forge of Wills. I mean, we've, we know that's how they do it. It's entirely possible that they just el. They might have just customized it. To, you know, we'll, we'll add Elven statues to it and make it look Elven,
1: but they might have well, just found that's, it. But that, the interesting is, point is, wait, wait, hold on a second. But the Titan facilities predate Elves.
0: If this yeah, but, facility, so, if this facility existed prior to the birth of the Night Elves, if this facility, how Stained glass. If this facility was in the same place as what I'm suggesting here is that the Temple of Elune wasn't just built in that spot because it was a good spot. The Temple of Elune was built there because the the Night Elves, these brand new Night Elves, or maybe even the Dark Trolls, but probably the Night Elves, found this place and said, wow, this place is reeking of power. And what they found was one of these Titan facilities, maybe the one that was built to stabilize the Well of Eternity to begin with, and they associated it with a loon because once they got to that well, once they got to the well, something happened there. They went from, they went from dark trolls to Calderay, and they said it was a loon, and it probably was oh, okay. a loon. Whatever a loon. So what if they were
1: restructured? What if they were restructured as the guardians of that place as a result of being that close to the Titan facility? Because in other words, if because reason- it would explain why they're there on the stained glass before they ever actually existed, right? Guys,
2: guys, you know what else it explains? What? Why are there night Elf's statues in Ul'dorei?
1: Yep. Yeah. And and is not that weird <laughs> cuz aren't there aren't there also night elf uh statues or, or vignettes or whatever in the dungeons as well?
2: Uh-huh. Uh the five man's, yeah. Yeah. So Which if that of... was Sorry, go ahead. Uh, it's it, it, if the if the reason that they there are night elf looking figures in the stained glass is because that's the representation of a loon, and they were made to be in a loon's image. Yeah, the dark, you know, if the th- in other words, much the same way that we see, um, oh bloody heck! When you go into Aldouar and you see the stained glass, they're of strange sea creatures, but they change. Yep. The other thing is, the stained glass changes in Aldouar. You start getting really weird dark forms, and then they're broken. The you have to glass realize but-
0: that those dark forms, though, that might be reflective of the fact that Aldouar was an old god prison it was a prison complex yeah uh, you know
2: my point is that it might be that the stained glass is reactive because if you look at this thing you've just given us the picture of so the, the, the stained bright, glass
1: look, itself is living right
2: yeah well, what you're possibly, saying. but look at the thing she she's she's posted here look at the image dead smack in the middle of it when you have the four stained glass images and then it kind of looks like a cloaked figure shrouding the moon it's not it's not it's like a stylized thing. But it's very much like wings sweeping up and kind of like a cloaked, cowled thing right dead center.
0: Well here's my 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 thing that I'm looking at here. Um, you have the four panels underneath, obviously. There's the hammer, mm-hmm. the stat. you know, you've got the, the tide stone, there's the shield above well, it there, that moon that moon crescent mm-hmm. and the symbol beneath it. Doesn't that look a lot like Usera's crown?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that too. It looks like Yusserrah's crown. But, I mean, it makes sense, though, that this would be a Titan facility, too, because what are we trying to do? What is our goal? We're taking three of the Pillars of Eternity in there because we already used one. Or Pillars of Creation, excuse me. We already used one in the uh, Temple of Eternal Night. Right. Cathedral of Eternal Night. We already used the Ages. There's three left. There are three Pillars there. Those are... Probably keys to activating a Titan engine. They're essences of the Titan to begin with.
0: You notice that there's three pillars left, and there's yep. also three glowing three. pedestals.
1: And we know, and we know from uh, Agewind's uh, echo, her recording, her her Leia moment uh, from the Cathedral of Eternal Night, that we are doing this specifically to start something. What if this was a last ditch defense engine against the Legion? What is this going to do? When we activate this, what is this going to do?
2: Well, one thing we know, we know for one thing that the uh, temple had wards that stop fell energy because that's why she used it. But there's Aegwin put the avatar here because the the highborn wards were able to stop fell energy. That's how Elisand stopped it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that's what Elisand came here. This is where Elisand used the Eye of Amonthul, which goes into one of those three niches, right? Because we're going to use it. You would we've assume so, item. yes. So we're doing the same thing, but we're doing it with all of the pillars. Because we've got one in play. So what play is that it,
0: going to do exactly? Uh, I guess is but, the big question, and we won't know that until we actually beat the
2: remind. This is reminding me so much, though, of the fact that when you go to Ulduar, in order to activate the room that summons Algalon, that basically says, hey, Algalon, come here. You need to get keystones off of the four, you know, the Watchers who are there. Yes, you do. You need four of them, which is weird because there are more Watchers than that. But you need exactly four of them to get that thing to activate. Now we're finding ourselves in another situation where you need four of something to activate. Only this it's, time it isn't... It isn't... It isn't calling Algalon. What does it no, do? No. Yeah. You don't think it's calling Algalon. It shouldn't be calling
0: Algalon. So what is it calling? And I, I have a feeling... I mean, obviously... We don't know how this raid is going to end. It hasn't opened yet. Nobody's beaten it yet. We don't know what the end cinematic is going to look like. We don't know what what's going to happen after that final encounter. But I feel like whatever it is, it's going to be a toozy, you know?
1: And what if? Yeah. What if that's the reason why we have? Oh, what if that's why we have to leave? What if that's why we have to go to Argus after this? Like, what if? Oh, I just have this. I have this thing of like in my brain i just see us turning on like this this giant expulsion ray essentially that takes all of the fell and sends it back off to its originating point
0: which means that kill jaden who is the final encounter in this dungeon we don't actually kill him we just send him right back to where he came from
1: but we know where that is as a result of this and, and combined with the him, work that illidan did
2: Maybe we follow open... him to finish the job
1: yeah that's what uh, i'm thinking
2: there's a I, I know a little bit about the kill jaden fight from having written the article about the things we know about the opening RP,
0: I don't know if we want to like how much do we want to
2: spoiler here though. That's that's what I'm. That's why I was saying. That's why I'm not just saying what I know. I'm saying. That I'm I thinking.
0: Know. I'm thinking we'll hold off on on spoilers for that because I think we've gotten far enough into the spoilers, just talking about the bosses and stuff. But it's really kind of some interesting conjecture going on here because the Temple of Alune. I mean, you kind of wonder if there are Titan if there's a Titan watcher, if there's a Titan keeper present, if there's this stained glass that looks remarkably similar to what we saw in War, I mean, and it could just be an artistic choice. It could just be an artistic choice by the game designers where they're like, oh, let's make it look like that other stained glass because that was really pretty. Or it could be a direct reference that these these areas are somehow kind of subtly connected and that would make sense given that the pillars of creation are depicted here and the pillars of creation are not they aren't Calderai artifacts they aren't no, no they are they they're are very very they are titan so what i'm wondering is what this if this is a titan facility what was this a facility for and my my logical conclusion leap is that it's tied to those original wards that were set up around the well of eternity you know way back when it was really tumultuous before they calmed it down and everything right after it had first kind of burst open Um,
1: and I sort of like the idea that maybe these stained glasses aren't reactive like I think that's cool but I kind of like the idea that the stained glass depicts to what the titans had in mind and that whatever had settled Around these facilities first would have been slowly rewritten into this form like i just i kind of like that idea i don't know why
0: it's just an elegant idea i guess rossi do you have any more thoughts on that
2: why do the jinyu look so much like night elves
0: yeah i know right i mean it's the, the same G-
2: skeleton but jinyu look so much like night elves and they were I mean, exposed they were... To, to the essence of Aman Thule. Mm-hmm. The eye of Ammitul was used in this tomb, and is clearly originally
1: from here. Mm-hmm. So again, we have the power of Ammitul, and if they were just fish that or merlocks that happen to be near there and get re- rewritten into that form, that makes sense. And there's a, if, tight,
2: there's a there's, Titan prison. Yep, in the south of Tanaris, where Cthulhu used to exist. In that titan prison are two emperors of all Silithid, all Karaji. Those two emperors look like night elves.
1: I I like this idea that it was a long game, a long game from the titans. So I'm thinking
0: that there's, there's a couple of different things that this facility could be. And the other thing that this facility could be would have potentially disastrous implications later on down the road. Like, say, oh, I don't know, in the next expansion, um... The Titans imprisoned all of the old gods, mm-hmm. all of them. There's one of them that we haven't actually encountered yet, and we know that chatty, certain chatty weapons have sure been talking him up. He's also responsible for the Emerald Nightmare, which has made a disturbing resurgence in Thalshra, which we took care of, but it all seems to be concentrated around this one area. So what if this wasn't a stabilization facility? Ooh. What if we're looking at the Another last prison? prison?
1: and it would make sense too because the the last thing in the the emerald nightmare raid is that that conversation about the portal isn't closed
0: right so and what happens what is, happens this, if what is this a facility these... that
1: revolves around <laughs> portals
0: well and that's the thing is if agewan showed up if Agewin showed up and said oh there are already wards here in place cool i can use this place it's really good at keeping stuff locked away why because it's been locking away an old god
1: all this time and what if it wasn't sargaris that whispered in her ear yeah what if it was an old god whispering hey you can you could you could totally do this
0: yeah so there's all kinds of implications here there's all kinds of implications as to what's going to happen in the tomb and also the aftermath of what's going to happen once we've defeated Ooh. the tomb
1: and it would explain why the uh the naga were so free to uh come and go
0: that's why, if, yeah. It's if, like if Azara,
1: if Azara, if Azara, if Azara, Ashara Azara has made a had a, made a deal with the old gods. Yeah, yeah.
2: You realize that this means that Ashara had within her grasp two of the of these relics and yes. blew one up, blew one up, and had the other one stolen from her. Because she's the reason the Tidestone got destroyed in the first place. Mm-hmm. She was super she did- mad at Elisande. Yeah, because
0: Elisande had access to all of these things, and then Suramar got bubbled away um, presumably to, you know, hide from the Legion, but I feel like part of it a little bit too was to escape Ashara's wrath. Because you know you don't want to make that woman angry. Um so yeah, there's there's a lot going on here potentially with the Tumasargaris. Um obviously that you know that last bit there, it's all conjecture. We won't really know until we raid this place. But it does make for a really fascinating raid. And I feel like I mean, I would have been happy with this as an endgame raid, probably, because there's just so much here to explore. But this isn't even the end. We have more after this. We're going to be going to Argus. We don't know much about 7.3 just yet. Maybe we'll see that pop up on the PTR at some point in the near future. Who knows? Um but we should probably wrap it up I think uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Watch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience and for you guys that are listening Audible is offering a free trial through us you can get a free 30 day trial with a free audiobook download uh, the book that we were discussing Illidan it's by William King that one came out, was it earlier this year or no it was yeah. last year it came out last year it's um, just
2: around the time that legion launched
0: it, it came out it came out when chronicle one came out a little bit after that uh so illidan by william king it kind of goes a little bit more into the history of this place and it's well worth the read you can pick that up as your free audiobook download if you sign up for a trial to do that go to blizzardwatch.com audible you can sign up it's all good and you'll help be helping support the show final thoughts you guys what do you what do you expect to see at the end of this What do you think, like, long shot, we're going to see at the end of this? Joe?
1: I mean, there are so many different things, but I think we might actually be finally getting more info on, like, what you were saying, like, what actually created What would you love
0: to see out of this? What's the one thing you would love to see come out of all of this, uh, the Garrus raid?
1: The one thing?
0: Yeah, that you'd love to see the most come out of all of this.
1: Final definitive in-game answer to what Alun is in the grand scheme of things.
0: <laughs> Somehow I don't think we're going to get that,
1: but I don't know. think so either. But you said what I want. <laughs> That's what I would want.
2: It's a good thing to want. Rossi, same question. Vellin ripping out Kill Jaden's heart in the middle of the twisting nether, so he doesn't get to come back. Ooh, so good. Uh, I want. I want the final countdown. I want the the showdown, the reckoning. I want it done. I don't. I don't think Archimond is dead, dead, because when you do the raid, when you see the final cinematic, he's back on Dranor before he sends uh, a Gul'dan to go do his thing. So I think Archimond can come back. I want one of these guys to die and not come back. I want at least one of them you, to finally be dead. You want one to die before we go and kill him? I want, well, I want them to die for, for like, for real. I don't think Jaden will die. I don't think that that'll be the end for him, but I want him to. It's it's time. We have been dealing with these people long enough. It's time we actually hurt the Legion. Because we haven't yet. It's true. Like, so it's time. I want to see that.
0: We've been throwing pebbles at it, and we've been just kind of staving it off. But we haven't actually defeated anything as much as we'd like to think that we've done so. And, yeah. I don't know. I think I... I... The one thing I want to, I want to see that conversation between Killjaden and Velen, because I don't know what's going to come of it, but I bet you it's going to be a really good conversation to witness, and we'll want to grab our popcorn. Anyway, that wraps us up. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we will see you again in two weeks.